A day no pigs would die, chapter 14. The apple crop was bad. The weather had turned colder, and we were lucky to get just a few Baldwins and Jonathans barreled for wintering in the cellar. Papa had been right, the crop was lean. The apples that we did harvest were not large, and many had wormholes. The one tree that had died was our greening tree, one that was produced one that produced smaller apples that were green and very tart, pie apples. But this winter there'd be no pies. Twice Papa had been seen a buck and several does upon the ridge, but each time he got the shotgun and slug shells ready, the deer were gone. Jacob Henry's father got a buck, so did Ira Long. One of the men who farmed for Ben Tanner got a doe, but Papa didn't have a deer rifle, only a shotgun with ball loads. He had to get clothes for a shot. He still hunted early every morning, hoping to get a buck deer before it was time to go to work. No luck. Once he even sat for four hours in the cold rain waiting. He coughed after that, a deep rattling cough that made him hang on to things. But worst thing was, when his lungs got so bad, he stopped sleeping with Mama. He slept in the barn. It was warmer there with Daisy and Solomon both enclosed in a cozy area. The first snow came. It wasn't very heavy, and when the next day sun broke through, all it melted away. But more would follow. Pinky did not have a litter of pigs. She was bred and she was barren, and she ate too much to keep as a pet. Samson had mounted her twice, and there was no litter, nothing, and little estrus. She never really come to full heat, not even once. It all ended one early morning on a dark December day. It was Saturday, and there was no school. After chores, Papa and I came in for breakfast. I tried to down a big bowl of hot steaming oatmeal, but tasted like soap. And the farm fresh work milk from Daisy's pail was flat. I couldn't swallow it. Papa just sat at the kitchen table, fingering a pipe that he couldn't smoke and looking at the breakfast he couldn't eat. He finally got up from the table to look through the window. Outside, the dark of the moon was just softening into first light. When he turned around to me, his face was sober. Rob, let's get it done. I didn't ask what, I just knew, and so did Mama and Aunt Carrie, because Papa and I were getting our coats on to go outside. They both came over and pretended to help me bundle up. There had been a light inch of snow the night before, just enough to cover the ground the way Mama would flower her cake board. I followed Papa out to where we kept the tools, and I stood there watching as he sharpened the knives on the wheel. The sticking knife was short and blunt with a curved blade. The edge he put to it was extra sharp. He pulled on some heavy rubber boots in the barn and tied a sheath of leather around his middle for an apron. We were ready. Toting some of the tools and a spine saw, I followed him out of the, out of the shed and around to the south side of the barn to where old Solomon and the capstan had pulled the corn cratch at Pinky's house. Inside it, she was lying all curled up, warm in the clean straw. It was a soft, warm smell. Come on, Pinky, I said, trying in a cheerful way. It's morning, but my throat seemed to catch and words wouldn't come out. I nudged her with my foot, but finally had to make a switch and make her get to her feet. She came to me, nuzzle pointing to my leg. Her curly tail was moving about like it was glad the day had started. People say pigs don't feel, and I think and that they don't wag their tails. All I know is that Pinky sure knew what, who I was, and her tail did too. While Papa lit a fire to boil the water, I pushed her out of the crib and into a box pen, the same one that she'd been in when bred to Samson. She balked at the gate, and I had to hit her hard with a stick a few times to move her forward. It's prob it probably hurt her, but that didn't matter now. Following her into the box pen, we closed the gate by sliding the bars across. I got down on my knees in the snow, put my arms around her big white neck, smelling her good solid smell. Pinky, I said to myself, try and understand. If there was any other way, if only Papa had got a deer this fall, or if I was old enough to earn money, or if only... Help me, boy, said Papa. It's time. He put his tools on the ground, keeping only three-foot crowbar. 
Neither of us wore gloves, and I knew how cold that crowbar felt. I'd carried it. It was colder than death. Back away, he said. Papa, I said, I don't think I can. That ain't the issue, Rob. We have to. Standing up, I moved away from Pinky as Papa went to her head. She just stood there in the fresh snow looking at my feet. I saw Papa get a grip on the crowbar and raise it high over his head. It was then I closed my eyes and my mouth opened like I wanted to scream for her. I waited. I waited to hear the noise that I finally heard. It was a strong crushing noise that you only hear when an iron stunner bashes in a pig skull. I hated Papa that moment. I hated him for killing her and hated him for every pig he ever killed in his lifetime, for hundreds and hundreds of butchered hogs. Hurry, he said. I opened my eyes and went to her. She was down in the snow, moving, breathing, but down. I helped roll her over on her back, standing astride her and holding her two forelegs straight up in the air. With his left hand, Papa pushed her chin down so that the top of her snout touched the ground. His right hand held the blunt knife and the curved blade. He stuck her throat deep and way down, moving the knife back through the neck towards itself, cutting the main neck artery. Her blood gushed and bubbled out in heaving floods. Some of it went on my boots. I wanted to run and cry and scream, but I just stood there helping him hold her kicking. It was all so quiet like Christmas morning. As Papa continued to draw the pork, I held the feet firm and up. The blood was still pumping out of her, and the ground beneath our feet was spotted with hot pig blood steaming in the cold snow. Between my ankles, I could feel her body quiver in death. I had to look away, so as Papa worked on her, I held fast, staring at the old corn cratch that had once been Pinky's home. Papa worked quiet and quick. The guts got drawed out and were on the cold ground in a hot, misty mess. Then we reached, each put a hook in the jaws and dragged the bloody body into the boiling water. It was boiled, scraped free of hair and scuff, and sawed in half. Papa was breathing the way no man or beast should breathe. I had never seen any man work as fast. I knew his hands must have been just about froze off, but he kept working with no gloves. At last he stopped, pushing me away from the pork and turned me around so as my back was to it. He stood close by, facing me, and his whole body was steaming wet with work. I couldn't help it. I started thinking about Pinky, my sweet pig big, clean white pinky who followed me all over. She was the only thing I really ever owned, the only thing I could point to and say mine. But now there was no pinky, just a sopping wet lake of red slush. So I cried. Oh, Papa, my heart's broke. So is mine, said Papa, but I'm thankful you're a man. I just broke down, and Papa let me cry it all out. I just sobbed and sobbed, my head up toward the sky and my eyes closed, hoping God would hear it. Hear it. That's what being a man is all about, boy. It's just doing what's got to be done. I felt his big hand touch my face, and it wasn't the hand that killed hogs. It was almost as sweet as Mama's. His hand was rough and cold, and as I opened my eyes to look at it, I could see that his knuckles were dripping with pig blood. It was the hand that just butchered Pinky. He did it because he had to. Hated to and had to. And he knew that he'd never have to say to me that he was sorry. His hand against my face, trying to wipe away my tears, said it all. His cruel pig-sticking fist with its thick finger so lightly on my cheek. I couldn't help it. I took his hand to my mouth and held it against my lips and kissed it. Pig blood and all, I kissed his hand again and again. With all its stink and fatty slime of dead pork. So he'd understand that I'd forgiven him, even if he, it killed me. I was still holding his hand as he straightened up tall against the gray winter sky. He looked down at me, and then he looked away. With his free arm, he raked the sleeve of his work shirt across his eyes. It was the first time I'd ever seen him do it. The only time.